What has eight limbs, is 5,000 years old, and generates happiness and peace wherever it goes? Well, yoga, of course. Yes, yoga does have eight limbs. One limb for each aspect of the yogic system. And these different appendages are called yamas, niyamas, asana, pranayama, pratyahara, dhyana, dhyana, and samadhi. Today I'm going to identify each limb one by one so that you can get a better understanding of the full system that is yoga. Welcome to your journey on Wellness Way. My name is Kim Lewix. I'm a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance and a certified Ayurvedic wellness counselor. On this podcast, we will discuss ways for enhancing our health through nutrition, fitness, aromatherapy, bodywork, daily routines, and the general connection of mind, body, and spirit. My goal is to share my past and current explorations in the systems of yoga and Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional science of life, to create more joy, more vibrancy, sustainability, and longevity for ourselves and for our community. Please join me on Wellness Way. There is a saying, where Ayurveda ends, yoga begins. At the start of season one here on On Wellness Way podcast, I explained how yoga and Ayurveda are sister sciences. While Ayurveda is a science for our bodies, yoga is the science for our minds. And another way to put this is that Ayurveda takes us from the state of dis-ease or illness to a state of wellness. And yoga then takes us from a state of wellness to a state of oneness. In fact, the word yoga means to yoke or join in Sanskrit. We think we might do yoga when we say we practice its physical poses or postures. But yoga is composed of eight different parts or limbs of which the poses are just one. Western teachings and classes normally only focus on one, two, or maybe three parts of the eight-limb system, namely the postures, the breathing, and some stillness techniques. Today, I'll explain to you the eight limbs of yoga, one by one, so that you can have a more complete understanding of this amazing system. While there's no true order for understanding I believe that the limbs do build upon one another in a progressive way that can ultimately lead us to the goal of yoga, which is peace, truth, and a deeper understanding of its beauty called oneness. So the first limb of yoga is called yama. And the yamas are the universal ethics of yoga. The yamas help us to align with the external world. When these values or virtues are upheld, we can thrive in life's fundamental nature. And there are five yamas to consider 
nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing, right energy use, and greedlessness. So these five different yamas are the ones that help us by following them to align with the world around us. So let's take a look at these one by one. First is nonviolence or ahimsa, as it's called in Sanskrit. The obvious definition for nonviolence is to do no physical harm unto others. However, ahimsa goes way beyond the obvious. It's important to recognize that when you practice ahimsa, you are pledging to do no harm in action, word, or thought. And a crucial point is that you apply this principle to yourself as well as to others. When practicing self-non-harming, not only should you try to cross the street safely, but you should endeavor to live as healthily as possible. And the second yama is called truthfulness or satya. As a moral principle, truthfulness or satya, as it's called in Sanskrit, asks us to convey truth responsibly. And like the first yama, we should consider truthfulness in thought, words, and action. And that includes the manner in which we listen. We should attempt to be true and clear in our communication by genuinely hearing what others are saying. In addition, we should feel free to speak out honestly, keeping our first yama, which is nonviolence in mind as we do so, so that no harm can come to others through our words. The third yama is non-stealing or asteya. And once again, we need to reflect on this concept more deeply than it presents itself. We should consider relinquishing our control or our coveting that would, which isn't ours in all ways, thought, word, and deed. When we're grateful for what we have, we eliminate the need to remove things or words from others. And a good way to practice asteya or truthfulness, or sorry, non-stealing, is to curtail your urge to interrupt. The next time that you're part of a conversation, try to respect whoever has the floor by allowing them to share their own thoughts and ideas without interruption. We come to the fourth yama called brahmacharya in Sanskrit. I define it as right energy use. This is, in my opinion, one of the most difficult yamas to define. Literally, brahmacharya means celibacy. However, it can also be interpreted as non-sensuality, which is the detachment from fulfilling the senses. <clears throat> and I define it as right energy use, because when we dwell over objects of the senses, we tend to develop attachments by overusing our senses. We can underuse our senses also. And attachments can cause us to become imbalanced. 
Excess is always harmful. So thinking, speaking, and acting in moderation will keep us honoring this yama. And the last and final fifth yama is greedlessness or aparigraha. In Sanskrit, aparigraha means against taking all or non-greed. And while we can certainly have attachments to physical things, we can also be possessive on an intellectual or even a verbal level. And as we move through our day, all these negative emotions swirling around us and inside of us, and we tend to hold on to those. And this way of thinking, holding on to negativity, can become toxic to our bodies and our minds. Therefore, we should attempt to detach from negative thoughts and feelings. Little by little, we should seek to disconnect from greed, fear, or any other unhealthy desires. After the first limb of yoga, called yamas, or how we relate to the external world, there are ethical principles for that, we come to the second limb called the niyamas, And these are our codes for personal conduct. The niyamas create a foundation for health and well-being. So while the yamas, the first limb, aligns you with the external world, the niyamas, the second limb, align you with yourself. And there are also five niyamas called purity, contentment, effort, study, and devotion. And I'd like to visit each one so that you can get a better understanding of these. The first niyama is purity, called saucha in Sanskrit. And in order to begin to create this foundation for superior health, we need to remove the congestion and false perceptions we carry. So saucha is about removing and purifying. We carry congestion physically and mentally. So the first step is to detach from destructive and harmful thinking patterns. This is tremendously cleansing for your state of mind. In general, I view purification as a method for letting go of the old and unnecessary so that we can have space for nourishing breath, food, and energy to enter into our bodies. Purification is a way to rid the body of irritation, congestion, and toxins so that you can restore and regenerate. The second yama is contentment, also known as santosha in Sanskrit. True contentment is felt in times of love and compassion, and it's not about what we acquire or achieve. Contentment is what gives us our authentic happiness. And although happiness is not simple, it's ours to generate. Yes, we can allow other people and things to affect us, but we need to realize that it is what we do in response to others and the situations that ultimately determines our happiness. The third niyama is effort, called tapas in Sanskrit. In yoga, we use the word tapas to define discipline, but not in a severe or stern manner. Um, For myself, 
yogic discipline or tapas can be explained by one word, passion, or the heat within our hearts that's formed from exuberance. Good disciplined action should lead to a sense of purpose or empowerment. It's what we encounter in a really great yoga class, that feeling that we're soaring above all else. And the fourth niyama is study. Svadhyaya in Sanskrit. It's about broadening the horizon of your awareness. And this requires you to study with wise teachers or through primary texts or writings. And in this way, you gain experience and knowledge to align yourself with greater awareness. Another aspect of svadhyaya is self-study. So it's important to also look at yourself and study yourself to increase your self-consciousness. The last yama is devotion, also called Ishvar Pranidhana in Sanskrit. The word Ishvar Pranidhana is often defined as centering on your ideal. It's a simple pledge to honor the indwelling teacher. And Ishvar Pranidhana is a practice of attunement that brings us to the apex of our study of the niyamas. In these changing and for some violent times, we can all persevere by connecting with our centers. Here we find the heart to move through our challenges and the fortitude to proceed with our lives when things are tough. Our centeredness becomes the anchor that weathers the storm. And although we will still be in action, clearing debris, rearranging our homes, taking care of loved ones, and other inevitable duties, it's that act of acceptance, of surrendering into what is, that allows us to know that we are exactly in the center of our circle, right where we are supposed to be. And this is the place where we can locate our peace. Now that I've addressed the yamas and niyamas, the first and second limbs of yoga, we'll turn to um, the third limb, which is called asana. And these are what we all know as the physical postures or poses of yoga. Ancient documentation tells us that when yoga began so many years ago, there were only 15 poses. In current days, many of you know that there are lots more postures of yoga that have been developed, interpreted, and modified over time. But they're all designed to do one thing, and this is to get your physical body expanded and aligned for the practices of the next limbs to come. The fourth limb is pranayama. And as I introduced in podcast number 16, prana is life force and pranayama is the expansion of that life force via the breath. Proper breathing is paramount to controlling the senses and the mind. And I was taught that pranayama is the best link between yoga and Ayurveda because it has the ability to balance the doshas, 
aid in rejuvenation, it promotes longevity, and it can increase our awareness. Pranayama can also remove ama, or that toxic buildup, through its actions of increased energy circulation through the breath. There are many breathing practices utilized in the practice of yoga, and I hope to continue to discuss pranayama and its benefits in uh, future episodes and seasons. The fifth limb of yoga is called prachahara. And prachahara begins the journey of going inward. Prachahara is the withdrawal of the senses. And here it's possible to move away from the external world through which the senses and the mind are commanding our attention so that we can become quiet. Like a turtle that retracts inside of its shell, Pratyahara will teach you to go inside yourself and retreat from the external noises that exist around you, the opinions, the interruptions, the distractions, the associations, and the influences. Once you detach from this commotion, you can be free to choose the sensations that you wish to introduce into your field of awareness. And like pranayama, there are a myriad of techniques to hone your stillness or pratyahara. Pratyahara is known as the first step toward meditation. And now we come to the sixth limb of yoga called dairana. This is the practice of concentration. Step two, if you will, in the, in the process of med- towards meditation. Sense withdrawal and then concentration. Many of us have had glimpses of meditation, which are actually moments of focused awareness or concentration. Through this limb, dairana, we begin to understand and direct the flow of thoughts. Quieting the mind isn't easy, and attaining a true state of meditation necessitates significant preparation so that the mind can shift gradually and develop over time. And there are many techniques also for creating this uh, practice of concentration. The seventh limb is called dhyana, and it occurs when the moments of focus or concentration become linked or steady. So this is the practice of meditation. In this state, we're completely aligned with the breath and the body. Concentration, the sixth limb, becomes meditation, the seventh limb, when you're able to remain in a steady, blissful state for a prolonged time. I dedicated podcast number 13 to the practice of meditation. So tune in there for more information on this vast subject. And the final limb of the system that is yoga is called samadhi. A good description for samadhi is unlimited meditation. Here the body and senses, including the mind, are resting and the ego is checked. The oneness is real in this state as the individual is completely absorbed into pure consciousness and bliss. With this final limb, we attain the goal of yoga, which is to reduce the vibrations of the mind and blend with the universal truth 
in order to see who we truly are. So those are the eight limbs of yoga. The system of yoga is comprehensive indeed, and it's capable of more than just giving us physical flexibility. The road to yoga leads us to greater peace, truthfulness, and a deeper understanding of the beauty of oneness. All of the information that I've presented to you today can be found in my book, Yoga Posts, Building a Steady Yoga Practice One Week at a Time. In it, you will receive not only the definitions of each limb of yoga, but weekly exercises for practicing the limbs to create a full and steady daily yoga routine. My book starts with establishing a daily practice and then it moves on with ways to support and sustain it, giving you a full year's worth of techniques to integrate yoga into your life gradually and successfully. I've provided the link to my book in the show notes today. Our last episode of the season and the final lap of this Ayurvedic journey happens next week. Listen in as I present the practice of Rasayana, or rejuvenation, as it's known in Ayurveda. It's how we keep that zest for living. Thank you for joining me today. Namaste, my friends. <music>